Well, Michigan State pulled off a massive win over number four Kentucky in double overtime to tip off the Champions Classic on Tuesday. It is clear that Tom Izzo's squad was seriously underappreciated heading into the season. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Andy Patton, and today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, five days after losing by just one point to Gonzaga aboard the USS Abraham Lincoln, the Michigan State Spartans took John Calipari's Kentucky Wildcats to double overtime before pulling off a victory. Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans joins me today. Matt, after watching Michigan State this past week and watching them today, first of all, I hope that everything is okay with your heart and the heart nope. of the fan base uh, nope. in Michigan State. Uh, but I just got to ask, this this team sure looks like one of the 25 best teams in the country, don't they? Right, doesn't it? And, like, I, look, I, I was the mopiest little zoo lion after what happened Friday in the aircraft carrier. 12-point lead in the second half against the number two ranked Gonzaga squad. And, look, there was a faction of our fan base that was like, hey, yeah, we lost, but I'm pretty happy. We look pretty mm-hmm. good. I wish I was in that faction. I was not. I was actually devastated that we lost that game. More devastated than I've been in a November game mm-hmm. since the 2005 Maui Invitational game when we played Gonzaga. Yeah. No one else is going to remember that. But I was <laughs> devastated because I thought we're not going to have a lot of these chances in this yeah. gauntlet of a season to have a, an opportunity to beat a top five team like this. Because I was honestly kind of chalking up a loss in the Champions Classic. Can, uh, mm-hmm. Kentucky's really good. Yeah. But boy, do I look at Friday a lot different. I'm looking at it like everyone else was. That, hey, mm-hmm. this is a team that can hang with top five teams in the country. Yeah. Because, well, they just did it two times in a row. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like it was much of a fluke. And, well, this time, <laughs> thank God, yeah. uh, pulled out the win, which is yeah. always fun to do. So, yeah, I'm God, this is, this is a top 25 team. Maybe top 15 if i'm really feeling myself right now which uh, kind of so yeah I, i'm i'm with you 100 matt i i think there's a top 15 team in the country i think you look at you know gonzaga and north carolina are still on the top spots north carolina sure. hasn't looked great in their games but there's no reason to you know to move them off that spot we'll certainly see how gonzaga handles uh, kentucky when they play them yeah. on sunday houston obviously is right in that conversation there's Baylor and Kansas and Duke and, and, and every, you know, a lot, a lot of other teams kind of right in that bunched up there. But like there after that, after that, I don't think there are any teams that I would conclusively put ahead of Michigan state after that top six or seven teams. And, and I mean, yeah. out of those top six or seven teams, Michigan state beat one of them and they came one possession away from beating another one. So to I me, know. like we know Tom Izzo can coach. We know that he gets the most out of teams that maybe don't have on paper the talent that you would expect a top 10 or top five or top 15 team to have. But so far through the first couple of games this season, it is really hard to not say that Michigan State is one of the 10 or 15 best teams in the entire country. Yeah, and I get why Michigan State was unranked, no doubt about Mm -hmm. it. They kind of... You know, I, I guess not limped in the tournament last year, but they did mm-hmm. cut it somewhat a little close, but they definitely limped in the year before that. So yeah. that's back-to-back years. And honestly, how many times do we hear it on the broadcast tonight that, well, this Michigan State team doesn't have a superstar. Yep. 
And that's still valid. Like, we're still mm-hmm. figuring out who our go-to guy is going to be late in the game. But, man, if, if it can be by committee with Joey Hauser, who is yep. the human form of cryptocurrency, like, he's <laughs> either going to have this incredible game and think, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, late first-round draft pick? Or he's mm-hmm. going to have a game where it's like, why isn't he just working on Enterprise right now? Like, right. They even come? It, so it's crazy. But Joey Hauser tonight was the MVP for Michigan State, I mm-hmm. think. And then you have A.J. Hogarth, of course, Tyson Walker, a lot to be said mm-hmm. about them, Jaden Akins. But holy crap, I talked about it on my podcast. Like, I, I can't think of another guy in Michigan State history. And honestly, you could pull out maybe not a ton of examples from college basketball history mm-hmm. of guys that have taken a one-year leap that Matty Sissoko has. And I yeah. know we're three games into the season. I get mm-hmm. it. But look, we're talking about a guy who averaged four and a half minutes per game last year, 1.1 points. And that was after a sophomore year. You know, it's, it's not like he was behind this stud center and barely got playing time. Like, oh, no, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be good last year. And right. it was just a slow process. And it's like, well, now we got to pray that this guy is serviceable. How about just how about a superhero? Like he's, yeah. he's looked it is a small sample size. It is three games. But man, everything that happened on the carrier, him getting boards, ripping down dunks mm-hmm. like it, it didn't look fluky after today. And he looked look, I'm not going to. I'm emotional. I'm very passionate right now. I'm not going to go crazy and say he looked just as good as Oscar Sheebway, but like he held his own. And mm-hmm. that's something that I did not think would happen before the season. And man, how could you? Later. Right. How, how could I you know. think that before the season? The dude right. played five <laughs> game last year. Right. And now, right. Two of his first three games of the season have gone against the two front runners, not some right. of the front runners, right. the front runners <laughs> for know. National Player of the Year, Grew Timmy, Oscar Sheebway, and look. Both those guys had good games against Michigan State. That is yeah. a valid point. Yep. It's not like they struggled. Sheway came off the bench and nearly put up 20-20 today because the man is an absolute monster, and that's Freak. what he does. Grew Timmy, I think, was responsible for Gonzaga's final 18 points in that game. So, yeah, those two guys are going to do what those two guys do. That's why they're on this list. That's why they're in that conversation. But Mati Sissoko, in those two games, 15 points, 8.5 rebounds per game, not total per game. He averaged 15 and eight and a half. He shot nine of 15 from the field. That is 60% from the field for Madi Sissoko against Drew Timmy and Oscar Sheway. Yes, those guys are not known necessarily as defensive players, although Sheway is, is pretty good on that end of the floor. Yeah. Regardless, for him to come in and do that, Tom Izzo spoke at length in the offseason. He's he's had his issues with the transfer portal. He's made his opinion fairly clear. There was yeah. some criticism of this program of, hey, why didn't they add some front court depth via the transfer portal? Maybe Tom Izzo knew something that we didn't know. I know, right? And I was definitely one of those people that were crying that uh, that it get your you know what in the transfer mm-hmm. portal. Yeah. And look, there, there now there were moments in this game where you know, okay, I was sitting on my couch, clenching the remote, uh, just wondering why didn't you get anything in the portal because Sissoka was out with three fouls mm-hmm. very early in the second half, and then okay, you have Carson Cooper who played on IMG's B team last year fighting for his life now against Oscar Sheebway or you have Jackson Kohler who was a more highly regarded recruit top 60 recruit but he was top 60 and not top 20 because well his defense kind of lacks and everything like that so but hey you survived this game so now we can talk about how great Monty Sissoko was but yes like there will still be nerves going later into the season what if Monty gets into foul trouble early you got to rely on these two freshmen in the front court but hey you know what on this Tuesday night after beating number four Kentucky, we focus on the positives here in Michigan State. So uh, that is 100% a massive positive. And, uh, you know, I, I need you to check me right here. Mm-hmm. That, that didn't, like, really seem like that big of, like, a fluke upset, if you will, too. And I know we talked about it. Michigan State is potentially a top 15 team. But, like, 
that's what delighted me the most about this is like not a fluke at all. No, it looked like they belonged. It was great. It was Absolutely. awesome. And I think you know there was some conversation about like, oh well, you know, is Severe Wheeler going to play? He'd been dealing with some injuries. Sure, stuff. is he going to be a hundred percent? She weighs. He going to be a hundred percent? Both those guys came off the bench. Look. They did not look like they were not 100%. They, I feel good. Galapari <laughs> right. didn't say that after the game. Like, that was not an excuse anybody used, and it shouldn't have been because right. they were the two best players on the floor for Kentucky. Obviously, the Wildcats have some gelling that they need to do. They got a tough matchup coming up against the Zags yeah. on the 20th. But at the end of the day, Michigan State did not look like a okay team that got lucky and beat a good team. They looked like a darn yeah. good team that had beat one good team and came really close to beating another good team. What a start to the season. Yeah, and I just, this defies any of the expectations I had. I mean, because I, I was thinking, yeah, you'll go one and two going into this Friday's game mm-hmm. at home against Villanova. Could very well lose that, become one and three, and then, oh, my God, you start to spiral. It's like PK-85 could be a disaster, but I, uh, I, I don't know when I'll learn. I've only been a fan of this team for my entire life, and Izzo's been the head coach that entire time, too. I don't know when I'm going to learn to stop just doubting him <laughs> going into a season. I... When am I going to just start trusting this Hall of Fame coach that I've known for the better part of almost three decades? I don't know. Maybe it'll be next year. Who's to say? Because time is I had the boys playing tonight. Part two of the Champions Classic may not have been quite as exciting as part one, but it was still an outstanding game with a couple of diaper dandies showing out in a big way down the stretch for both Kansas and Duke. More on that soon. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about today's sponsor, LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people to hire for your team faster and for free. It's extremely simple to use. Start by adding your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, the first game of the Champions Classic was an instant classic between Michigan State and Kentucky. Not quite as exciting of a game in the second half between Duke and Kansas. We still saw uh, two really good teams go at it. Kansas pulled out a 69 to 64 victory. Isaac, the main thing I want to talk about here, though, in this game, these are two potential top 10 teams, borderline top five teams. Kansas likely going to sneak into the top five after this, and they could not shoot the ball at all. Do you remember when Gonzaga and Michigan State last week played on an aircraft carrier, a game everybody and their mom knew would be a poor shooting game? Those two teams combined to shoot seven for 34 from deep. That's (laughs) 20.5%. We're not pretending that's good, but guess what? On what ostensibly looked like the normal basketball court to me, yes, maybe it was a little bit slippery, but I don't know why. We just saw Duke and Kansas combine to shoot six for 40, 15% from deep. It's a nice win from Kansas, but what do you think about these two potential top 10, again, top five caliber teams doing that poorly from beyond the arc in this one? Well, I tell you, I thought Mike Krzyzewski and Bill Self both coached great games in this one. No, wait a second. Neither of them are on the sideline anymore. And I think that's the biggest thing right out of the gate. It's so weird 
to see Kansas and Duke playing yeah. and not have Coach K or yeah. Bill Self on odd. the sideline. Uh, to, we have John Shire and mm-hmm. we have Norm Roberts, longtime assistant. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just it's a sign of the times, right? Yeah. There's no Jay Wright. There's no Roy Williams. Yeah. We know that Bill Self will be back very soon. But it's just, first off, that's the thing for me. It was just an odd spectacle yeah. to not see either of those guys. But here's, here's the truth about the three-point shooting. If Kansas is going to go three of 19 from Mm -hmm. deep and still knock off Duke, I have massively undervalued the Jayhawks this season. Um, When I look at like the the finishing five on the court, to me, that has the makings of a unit that Mm -hmm. could potentially repeat as national champions. I absolutely love Grady Dick. I cannot get enough. Yeah, <laughs> I'll stop short of saying I can't get enough of that. But you, you hear my point. Like, yeah, this kid does not look like a freshman to me. No. He's got so much poise. Yeah, he's got so much swagger and moxie, and it had like several really impressive athletic buckets in the first half, mm-hmm. but didn't score in the second half until the final two minutes, and then. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, boom, boom. He has these three straight buckets with a Jeremy Roach three mixed in that Mm -hmm. gives Kansas a lead. They'll never, never relinquish. If you got a freshman shutting down a game like that, you're in good hands. But then you got your defensive stopper in Kevin McCullers, who transferred Mm -hmm. in from Texas Tech. You've got who I think is a guard that is not being talked about enough on the national level on the national level and Mr. Dewan Harris dropping yeah. 10 dimes in this game. And mm-hmm. then Jalen Wilson, who brings it all together as the, the best, you know, the best player that has Kansas has to rely on. If they're going to go back to those same heights as last year, he's got to be the dude to do it. Jalen Wilson was incredible in this game and Grady Dick, like you mentioned, had a really monstrous couple of minutes towards the end of the game. Uh, I echo the points about Kevin McCollar, but For me, one of the big concerns for Kansas is they have four points coming off their bench. Four. That is it. I think that will come up as the season goes on. I think, obviously, you're going to rely more on your starters and your star players in games like this. That's standard for basically every team that plays in games like this. But guess what? Kansas is in the Big 12. They got a lot of games like this. They got a whole lot of games that are going to be tough wire-to-wire matchups and for me if we don't see their bench step up and be more of a contributor if they're relying really heavily on Wilson to score you know a third or more of their points like he did in this one yeah that to me is going to be an issue I think that this is a really nice win for Kansas clearly Uh, anytime you can knock off Duke anytime you can knock off a top 10 team uh, you got to feel really good about it but while I think Kansas winning this game while shooting really poorly is a pretty tremendous accomplishment and something that they should be really happy about, I think you can see some some holes. You can see some reasons that, that yeah, they might have three or four guys that put together could give them a finishing lineup that's going to win a lot of games in the NCAA tournament. But to get there, to get to that top seed and to not get picked off early, you got to have that depth. And right now, I need to see it from them first. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see Mr. MJ Rice get on the court, another mm-hmm. heralded freshman who uh, has had a little bit of some injury stuff. I think that'll help yep. that depth come together more. But you're right, right now, uh, it is anemic, similar to um, some other top teams we've seen around yep. the nation right now. I think of North Carolina, who is struggling with their bench depth right mm-hmm. now yeah. as well. Um, but as as for the Duke of it all, mm-hmm. 
better days are ahead, right? Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. I, I, as you said, like anytime a team can knock off Duke, that's a big deal. Duke has mm-hmm. coming into this uh, event has the best record in the Champions Classic of the four teams. Mm-hmm. But tonight they take, or last night, excuse me, they take an L. Mm-hmm. And I think when you rely so heavily on freshmen, yeah. When you have a first-year coach in John Shire, you're going to mm-hmm. take lumps like this. Yep. Duke is phenomenally talented. Mm-hmm. But they're going to lose multiple games this season. I know we're going to talk more about the ACC in just a second yeah. and how uh, atrocious it is. So they'll, yeah. they'll probably handle conference play pretty mm-hmm. well there. But um, I, I know Derek Whitehead is still out injured. We haven't seen him at all. Derek Lively yeah. coming off the bench. And so for me, the freshman that has been most impressive so far is Kyle Filipowski. Yeah. This dude is a legit seven-footer. Mm-hmm. He's out running the break. He's pulling yep. up, hitting threes, and knocking, like getting double doubles yep. every single time out. I, I just, I am highly impressed with what Kyle Filipowski is bringing to Duke so far. What, what did you think of his performance, Andy? Kyle Phillip, I mean, I, look, I watched uh, I watched every Gonzaga basketball game for years now, and and I, I I'm not going to toss out Chet Holmgren comps all that likely and <laughs> or all that often, and there are certainly some differences in their games. But watching this, like, yeah, big seven foot guy who can who can lead the break, who can step back, pull up threes, do that kind of stuff. He's also tenacious around the rim. I think when we talk about you know really big players who can shoot from the outside, we often don't. It's it's rare for them to also be really good defensively. That's what made Chet Holmgren so unique. That's what I think was was a big part of Kyle Filipowski in his game. You saw Kansas try to go with their small ball lineups and really try to attack Duke that way by spacing the floor. And what Duke did is they basically packed it in and they let Filipowski, they let uh, they let the other freshman uh, Derek not Whitehead, sorry Derek Lively. <laughs> uh, he he kind of just packed it in. He had four offensive rebounds in this game. He didn't have a great performance otherwise, but he was able to get on the offensive glass and get some putbacks that way. Filipowski finished with 14 rebounds. He becomes the first Duke freshman ever, ever to get double doubles in his first three games. Paladin Zion didn't, didn't do this. Zion didn't do this. Come on. Grant Hill, Christian Leitner, Jaleel Okafor, none of these guys three straight games to start their career with a double-double. Kyle Filipowski is the only one to do it. That includes a win over Kansas, a very, very good squad. I'm really impressed with what we've seen out of him. But again, like you said, if you rely too much on freshmen, even if one has a great game like this, if the other guys don't really step up, and in this case, obviously Whitehead wasn't playing, that is very clearly a factor here, but you didn't get a ton from Lively. Jeremy Roach had a pretty Jeremy Roachy game. He had 16 <laughs> points, but 17 field goal attempts. Like you need more. And you know that this is a risk with freshmen. You know that it's a risk with a new head coach. And there's no shame in losing a close game to a really good Kansas team when you're not at full strength, but it's still a tough pill to swallow. Absolutely. It is. Especially because we think, it's going to be the freshmen that are going to be the ones to struggle. Well, mm-hmm. down the stretch, uh, to me, Kansas controlled the first half. Yeah. Duke controlled 17 and a half minutes of the second half. Right. And then Grady Dick went on that run. But then it's yeah. a freshman throwing the ball away. And you think, oh, that's a freshman mistake for Duke. Yeah. But then Duke has a chance to potentially take a lead back. Mm-hmm. It was Jeremy Roach. Yeah was the one with an offensive foul that gave the ball back to Kansas. And just ultimately at that point, you got nothing left. And so interesting that on this team where we're going to point fingers at the freshman a lot this season, it was Jeremy Roach that cost them one of those chances last night. Well, Isaac, Duke's loss is far, 
far, far from the only tough result for the ACC so far this season, or even for the ACC just yesterday. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball is just now getting started. College football and the NFL, of course, in the thick of their seasons. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Isaac, we got to talk ACC basketball right now. I think there's a lot of conferences that we've seen have some pretty horrific struggles to begin the season. The Pac-12, my goodness, they are in a dark, dark place from a basketball perspective right now. Frankly, from a football perspective, too. It's been a rough week for the Pac-12. It just has. But we're going to stick with the ACC because... Oh boy, it's been a rough one. We know Duke lost. Obviously, that's a tough loss for them, but Duke's going to be fine. They're going to bounce back. North Carolina, been a bit of a rocky start to the year in terms of some closer results than you'd like to see. But you know what? North Carolina is probably going to be fine. After that, and especially towards the bottom of the conference, it can get nasty. I mean, it's really, really ugly uh, what's going down at the bottom half of the ACC. Uh, We've seen Syracuse lost to Colgate. That was an ugly one. Florida State still doesn't have a win. Boston College lost a game to Maine. Wake Forest just barely defeated Utah Valley uh, during the same time as the Champions Classic games. That was almost another bad loss for the ACC. But then there's Louisville. And it's Uh. hard to not talk about Louisville. We were saying before, we knew that Louisville was going to be bad. It's not like the expectations for Louisville were super high. So it's hard to know, like, are they the most disappointing team in the ACC? Would you give that to a team like Florida State who mm. is, was less likely to be 0-3 at this point? Or do you look at a team like Louisville who is the first team in 40 years, the first team in 40 years to lose their first three games of the season by one point? Devastating trio of losses for Kenny Payne. Really rough start to the season, not just for the, for the Cardinal, but for the ACC as a whole. Yeah, it's a great question, Andy, for me. Florida State, a lot of their issue right now is more about they've got multiple injuries. They've mm-hmm. got a player suspended. Mm-hmm. I, I think Florida State's start well, – well, you still should win game. Like their first mm-hmm. game of the season, they had eight scholarship players available. Right. When you're dealing with that, it's just hard. And I know you know the, the schools you're looking at are Stetson and Central Florida and Troy. And yeah. you think, ah, oh, you should at least – win two of those maybe even shorthanded but I I can see it and I can understand it Mm -hmm. and so with Louisville oh man and 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 first off before we even talk about it this game against App State last night Mm -hmm. you you think oh man we've been losing but we've made a comeback it's very similar they did that against Bellarmine they were down to Bellarmine their first game almost came back but just too little too late However, in this game, L. Ellis, uh, mm-hmm. one of Louisville's guards, just a little guy causing issues, mm-hmm. um, comes in. Louisville's down one, gets this layup at the buzzer, and you think, oh, crazy Jesus, Louisville is off the schneid. They've got to win. Nope. No, no, no. Upon review, the ball was still on his fingertips right as the uh, the 
buzzer turned red. Mm-hmm. And so it's there you go. Louisville is now 0 and 3. For Kenny Payne, it is a miserable, miserable start. I, I, I'm not worried about mm-hmm. his job security because with everything Louisville's going through with right. the, the sanctions weren't as bad as we expected, but with the sanctions and other stuff, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be grace and patience there. But my word, a, a program as proud as Louisville cannot have this. And so there will have to be changes um, to to turn Louisville season around, not to mention they just lost DJ Wagner yeah. to Kentucky yep. in recruiting. And so, um, man, so yes, I expected Louisville to be bad, but bottom of the barrel bad like this? No, I cannot wait to see what happens to them in ACC play. I mean, goodness yeah. gracious, it's it's going to be bad. But as as for the rest of the ACC, here's a dirty little secret, Andy. Ever since the ACC poached all those Big East teams a couple years ago, it has not been the same conference. It diluted the whole product. When the Mm -hmm. ACC was nine teams, it's kind of like what the Big 12 is now is what I always compare that Mm -hmm. to. And so um, you you add in teams like Syracuse, who's been this middling team that, you know, Mm -hmm. because of their zone, they'll they'll make some noise in March or whatever, but... Um, uh, Boston College is just a perennial bottom feeder. Yeah. So you, you just aren't going to have the same level that you did with mm-hmm. bringing all those teams in. And, and so yeah. I think that's part of the ACC's struggle. And then even at the top of the ACC, as you mentioned, North Carolina struggling. And mm-hmm. big picture for me, this even goes beyond the ACC to saying, Andy, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've really been outside of Houston. Mm-hmm. I've not really been impressed with any of the top 10 teams. Where no. are you at on that? Are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Houston is, is, has been very impressive. Marcus Sasser is a star. They got some really talented young freshmen on that team who are playing really well right now. Uh, they haven't really played anybody yet. And unfortunately one of their kind of big games, I, I feel for mid-major teams and I know that they're very soon to not be a mid-major team, but I feel for these programs when they schedule high major power five programs because they usually do it a year or two in advance and you only get a couple a year that are willing to play you and they they snagged Oregon and that's a nice a nice game for them most seasons and to start this season that looks like a really nice game for them but now Oregon's not very good like they're just I mean they, like the rest of the Pac-12 they're just they're not in a good place right now they suffered a really ugly loss to UC Irvine like this is a pretty rough team and now they're in a position where Houston's probably going to come in and they're probably going to beat them pretty badly. And if they do, it's going to help. Don't get me wrong. It's going to help. It's going to help solidify their case for potentially being number two or number one, particularly if Gonzaga falls to Kentucky, which is very possible, but it sucks to only have a couple of really high profile games on your schedule and have them just not pan out and be as exciting a games as you're hoping for. But for me, like Houston is playing better than just about anybody in the country right now. I think Gonzaga is a little bit harder to judge because they have had one high marquee opponent and they didn't look very good in that game. But some of that is, is kind of due to the circumstances. And ultimately at the end of the day, they did win the game. Right. We are going to learn a lot more about Gonzaga on uh, Sunday. Yep. Well, we're going to learn a lot about them on Sunday. We're going to learn more about them on Wednesday, too. They got Texas at Texas. That's going to be a tricky one, too. So we'll learn more about them. Certainly North Carolina and uh, many other teams are going to start to see their schedule pick up as we get into the MTEs and Feast Week and everything that happens there. But right now, 
there we've seen more more bad basketball than good basketball and at the top you know Houston's great Creighton has been struggling Baylor has looked good but has also you know shown some warts as well so uh, I don't think that the top five or top 10 is really in any way uh, solidified and we could see lots and lots of movements in the coming weeks like Michigan State put that absolutely. team straight into the top 10 yes absolutely good. Michigan State if they're not top 15 or at the very, they're going to be top 20 for sure. If they're not top 15, I don't know if there's, I don't know if I could pick more than eight teams that I would conclusively right now put ahead of them. And of those eight teams, one of them, they beat by, they lost to by one point because of a bad possession at the end of the game. And then, I mean, I don't know that you can put them behind Kentucky at this point. So if Kentucky drops, they're going to be right in that conversation. And it seems crazy for a Tom Izzo team that was, you know, 35th, 40th or whatever they were considered in Ken Palm before the season, you know, got a few votes, don't really have a star player, but this team's going to be right in that conversation and they deserve it because not a lot of those high profile teams have looked all that good to begin the season. No, they haven't. And, and we're going to find out. I'm even looking to see. Yeah. At Ken Palm, it's already updated. Michigan State's up to 18 now. Wow. Um, so even in the computer, it, it it's picking up on what you and I are seeing with our eyeballs right out of the mm-hmm. game. All right, well, that is going to do it for us today here, Locked On College Basketball. So many more fun games coming up this week and this weekend right here on any podcast platform. You can also find it on YouTube. Go hit that subscribe button if you haven't done it yet already. Thank you all for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, thank you all for listening. Peace out. Peace.